It is the Remnant Warrior here from Kingdom Productions and Publishing. And I just want to welcome all of you who don't already watch this channel on a regular basis. I want to let you know that we upload new content several times a week, but at least every week. So you don't want to miss out when we upload something new thank you all in advance for your subscription i love each and every one of you until next time god bless you all quite a few things uh, having to do with the serpent in genesis and the dragon in revelation we are we're going to be looking at both entities and first deciding and figuring out if they are the same entity, if they are the devil or the Satan who Jesus said he beheld uh, falling like lightning from the east to the west. And uh, we're also and this is my favorite part of what we're going to be studying today and uh, looking at today because i'm a you have to understand i am a geek that's all there is to it uh, i'm a nerd um i i love to research i love to uh, figure things out to study things and uh, as a self-proclaimed scholar of all things biblical and historical I uh, truly uh, have enjoyed researching the passage in Isaiah 14 about Lucifer and we are going to be looking at Lucifer in Isaiah 14 to see if Lucifer who everybody even those who are not in the by I mean in the the church those who aren't Christians and don't read the Bible if you ask them who Lucifer is they're going to say the devil. They're going to say Satan. And so I want to look and see if Lucifer is in fact Satan. We are going to also be going into Ezekiel because Ezekiel is the other passage of scripture that uh, talks about the fallen being um, that is the devil. And I believe for sure, in my opinion, that Ezekiel is describing Satan. However, I'm not so sure that that one passage of scripture in Isaiah uh, is talking about 
the adversary, the enemy, the serpent, and the dragon. First, we are, we're going to, uh, give me a second, I want to screen share here so that I can uh, go and pull up my, my blue letter Bible. So that I can, uh, let's see, where is it at? It is right here. Alright. I got it. I got the uh, interlinear already the reverse interlinear already pulled up for Isaiah chapter 14 uh, and verse let's see all the way I've got all of the verses here in Isaiah 14 but it is um, Fourteen twelve. that is the passage that is used for the devil uh, for the first appearance of Satan and uh, it says here how art thou fallen from heaven O Lucifer son of the morning how art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? But if we look at the actual Greek translation, the original translation, what it says is, How art thou fallen from heaven? Hallel bin Shakar, and that's why that's why I entitled today's program Shakar, the Fallen Seraph, because in ancient times Shakar was actually. A deity. He was a god. He was worshipped as a god. The god in several uh, countries and nations in Mesopotamia, uh, the Nephilim nations, uh, you know, of course, Canaan and some of the other nations worshipped Baal and Moloch. And we're going to look at Shahar or Shakar himself and see that he and Hillel are actually two very different entities. And we talked last night about the seed of the serpent. 
um, the fulfillment of the seed of the serpent, the final seed singular of the serpent being fulfilled in the Antichrist. And the Antichrist is called the son of perdition, the son of Satan. And Lucifer is the son of Shakar. And in order for, I want you guys to think about this for a second. Angels, fallen or otherwise, heavenly beings, their father was God. The Almighty created the angels. And that's why they were called sons of God in Genesis 6. The B'nai Elohim were sons of God, right? But here in Isaiah, Lucifer is called the son of Shekar. Ben in Hebrew and in Greek is always, well, in Hebrew, not in Greek. And that's what this is, is the Hebrew. Ben always uh, stands for uh, son of, like Jesus Christ was Yeshua ben Joseph. Um, uh, ben is just a Hebrew word for son of. It, 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 it describes the father, the person's father. It, and the B'nai Elohim, or the sons of God... They start with the word, it starts with the word ben, benay, the benay Elohim were the sons, and ben means son. So, just by going on the Hebrew alone, Lucifer cannot be Satan. There's just no way that he can be Satan because even in his fallen state, Satan is still a son of God. He is still a B'nai Elohim. And Lucifer and Lucifer's actually a mistranslation. Um, when it was when when the translators translated the word Hallel into uh, English from the original, it was translated Lucifer, but it really should have been 
translated as Hallel ben Shakar, son of the morning. Shakar means morning. However, the morning is. See, people, there are some translations that say morning star. And the, the, the reason it says morning star is because, and this is another place where people get this wrong, they, they are calling Lucifer the morning star. Now we know, of course, in Revelation, Jesus Christ is called the bright and morning star, not Lucifer. That's one of the ways that the, 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 for lack of a better word, the Luciferian translations, the false translations of the Bible, they try to make Jesus the devil because everybody thinks and equates Lucifer with Satan. Um, so, but that aside, Lucifer was not the morning star. He was the sun of the morning or morning star. Now, Shakar was not the morning star, but he was sometimes, it's translated in these, these other translations as morning star because of what the, the heavenly body that Shown in the the sky, the morning sky, the the star that is shown. You can see it every morning um, when it's twilight or just before the dawn, uh, before it gets uh, daylight outside, before the the sun comes up when it's still fairly dark. You can see this this bright star in the sky and it's actually not a star it's a planet and this planet was shikar that was worshipped as one of the gods and we know that uh, back in ancient times they they did worship the sun and the moon and the heavenly bodies um they represented the little g gods and they were worshiped as gods um some of the some of the different nations actually thought that these planets and heavenly bodies were gods other nations and peoples uh, they just used the heavenly bodies to represent the gods that they worshipped. And these, the, the planets, the, 
I can't remember right this second how many planets there actually are. Uh, let's see. Mercury. I don't know. There's uh, eight planets, I think. Anyway, um, these eight planets were actually named after the gods, the little g gods, or the B'nai I Elohim, the sons of God, talked about in Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy 32 describes these gods as gods, these um fallen angels if you will you know they were a part of the divine council that is described in deuteronomy 32 and psalms 82 uh, so it's not like they were just make-believe um, when the the bible says that Uh, in the Ten Commandments, it says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And God would not have made it a commandment to have no other gods before him unless there were other gods. Now, of course, there is no other uh, creator. There's no uh, other... Um, You know, God, capital G-O-D, Elohim, the supreme Elohim. Every other God was created when, it, when our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is the creator. And sorry about that. <laughs> There's an alarm going off on my phone. But the, the point is these, these other gods were actually gods. They were fallen angels that the creator himself, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the most high God, he put these gods in charge, put them over the other nations, and they were supposed to direct worship to Yahweh, but we know that instead they, they took the worship for themselves, they uh, got the people to worship them, to make idols unto them. And we know that there were quite a few different types of gods in the Old Testament. And this has a lot to do with today's program because Lucifer was a god. Lucifer was a, a prince that, or a prince of palatine that was behind the king here behind the the nation and i want to go to 
the Bible here. I want to go to the book of Isaiah without the blue letter Bible, just going into the King James. And I want to read Isaiah 14. It says, For the Lord will have mercy on Jacob, and will yet choose Israel, and set them in their own land, and the strangers shall be joined with them, and they shall cleave to the house of Jacob. And the people shall take them, and bring them to their place, and the house of Israel shall possess them in the land of the Lord for servants and handmaids. And they shall take them captives, whose captives they were, and shall rule over their oppressors. And it shall come to pass in the day that the Lord shall give thee rest from thy sorrow and from thy fear and from thy hard bondage, wherein thou wast made to serve, that thou shalt take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, How hath the oppressor ceased, the golden city ceased? The Lord hath broken the staff of the wicked and the scepter of the rulers. He who smote the people in wrath with a continual stroke, he that ruled the nations in anger is persecuted and none hindereth. The whole earth is at rest and is quiet. They break forth into singing. Yea, the fir trees rejoice at thee and the cedars of Lebanon, saying, Since thou art laid down, no feller is come up against us. Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee. Even all the chief ones of the earth, it have raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. Now, I want you to listen to this. What we just read in Isaiah 14 describes the... And, and I don't know that I've heard anybody else teach this. I don't think I've heard anybody else teach this about Isaiah 14. It says, For the Lord will have mercy on Jacob, and will yet choose Israel, and set them in their own land, and strangers shall be joined with them, and they shall cleave to the house of Jacob. It says, And the Lord, oh, and it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall give thee rest from thy sorrow and from thy fear and from thy hard bondage wherein thou wast made to serve, that thou shalt take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, How hath the oppressor ceased? The Lord have broken the staff of the wicked and the scepter of the rulers. The whole earth, the whole earth is at rest and is quiet. They break forth into singing. Now, the, the Jewish people, they use this... Um, Prophecy in Isaiah 14 
as evidence of their messianic kingdom. Of what they believe to be the messianic age. What we have been talking about uh, last night as far as the, the Jewish people believing that the Messiah is at hand, that the Messiah is uh, now here and that they're, the rabbis are supposedly in talks with the Messiah. Well, this passage of scripture, because it says Jacob and Israel shall have rest and, and the whole earth shall have rest, and that God will set them in their own land. Um, people believe, especially dispensationalists believe, and the Jewish people believe that this is talking about physical Israel. Um, the physical descendants of Jacob. But in fact, we know that if this is indeed a prophecy to be fulfilled in our time or in a a um, future a, a close future time then we know that it can only be referring to the only Israel that there is which is the Israel of God the remnant bride of Jesus Christ. So if that is the case, if this is a prophecy of the end times, a prophecy about the millennium, the millennial kingdom, if that's what this is, and it's definitely what it sounds like, then... Once we get down to verse 9, it says, Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee. Now, the thee here is Lucifer, or more accurately, Hillel. So, Hillel is... It says, hell is, it says, hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirs up the dead for thee, even all the chief ones of the earth. It hath raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. Well, it's, and, and it says, and they shall speak and say unto thee, Art thou also become weak as we? Are, art thou become like unto us? Thy pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy vows. The worm is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee. And then it says, of course, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? And it's because of verses 
13, it, it, it's because of the I wills that people have wrongly believed that this was referring to Satan because it says, I will ascend. It says, for thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Alright, I want you guys to think about something here. Just because the I will say, I will I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the most high. Well, we're told in churches and pastors preach from the pulpit that it was because of his pride that Satan fell and they use Isaiah 14 as their um, evidence of this. And I'm not saying that's not true. I believe that that is why that's uh, why uh, Satan fell. He did want to be God. But um, I think that it was more that he wanted to kill God as we see at the Babel event. I believe that before I, I'm someone who believes that the rebellion took place before the earth and man, the earth as it is now, and man was created. Um, and that's uh, a story for a different day, but it's because of the way Genesis describes the creation. Um, it, you know, it says the earth became. Uh, Void and anyway, that like I said, that that's a discussion for another day. But for today, um, although I believe that the enemy Satan did want to be like the Most High, um, in Revelation thirteen. In Revelation 13 and in the book of Daniel, the Antichrist or the first beast of Revelation 13 does exactly this. You know, he, uh, he is said to speak great blasphemies. It says, uh, and I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his head the name of blasphemy, the name of blasphemy. 
And the beast which I saw was likened to a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power. And I'll go ahead and put this out there. I believe the dragon is Shakar. The dragon gave his, him his power and his seat and his great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death. And his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled, wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast saying who is like unto the beast. And there was given him, there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. Now, in, and we read this last night in the book of Thessalonians, in the book of Second Thessalonians, uh, chapter 2, speaking about the Antichrist, the first beast of Revelation, it says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition, or the son of Shekar. Who opposeth, listen, opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple, shewing himself that he is God. Now, does that not describe... Lucifer in Isaiah 14. For thou hast said, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation. And I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. And I will be like the most high. So, everywhere else in scripture. See, we have to, in reading scripture... We have to study it line upon line and pretext upon pretext or pretext upon pretext, line upon line. And we also have to prove everything by the mouth of two or three witnesses. Now, using this verse to prove that Lucifer is Satan... We would need to find two or three witnesses in Scripture that says that Lucifer is Satan or that proves Lucifer is Satan. It's not there, friends. It is not there. Um, but I just gave two witnesses that Lucifer is the son of Satan, or Lucifer is the seed of 
the serpent and the Antichrist. And if we, if we look at this in the context that is actually there and in the narrative of scripture that goes from Genesis to Revelation, we've got in Genesis chapter 3, the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle. But I want to uh, I want to go back to the Blue Letter Bible really quick, and I want to um, I want to go to Genesis three fourteen there. Okay. Genesis 3.14, it says, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, the Nakash, So, Nakash is the name of the serpent in Genesis uh, 3.14. Now, I want to find, let's see, sorry, give me just a second, bear with me. Oops, spelled it wrong. All right. I want us to go to Numbers chapter twenty one. And we're going to look at verse 9. Numbers 21 and verse 9. Now, in this uh, story in Exodus, I mean in Numbers, there uh, the the people of Israel uh, had spake against God and against Moses. They were um, complaining that Moses had and God had brought them out into the wilderness to die, and uh, 
they were <laughs> saying they wished they were back in Egypt, that they had no bread and no water. And so because of their complaining, the Lord sent fiery serpents among them. And I want to look here at the reverse interlinear, and it says, And the Lord sent fiery serpents. Nakash. Again, it is translated Nakash. So, serpents in the Old Testament are translated Nakash. So, if we go and look at Seraphim. The Seraphim are Translated in Isaiah 6-2 as seraph. And the seraph and the serpents are, they were known as the shining ones or the burning ones. Like the watchers who came down on Mount Hermon, when the watchers would... Now this, you won't find this in the Bible. This came from, and like I said last night and the program before that and in many programs, things that I study, uh, books that are not in the Bible, ancient, ancient traditions... Um, ancient Sumerian text and also ancient uh, Babylonian text and Jewish text. I study these things um, for academic reasons and to deepen my understanding of the deeper things of God in the Bible. Um, the Bible says that it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. But it's the honor of kings to search them out. So there's nothing wrong with searching these things out for the right reasons. Now, if you are going to Jewish Targums and you're going to the Midrash and the Zohar and the Talmud and you're reading these things to try to make doctrine out of them, that is wrong. And you will end up tossed to and fro and you'll end up with 
a false doctrine of demons. But if you want to read these things, first off, before you even attempt or think about reading anything outside of the Bible, even if it is just an apocryphal book like Joshua, Jubilees, or the first and second books of Adam, um, the wisdom of Solomon, any of these apocryphal texts, before you even think about reading them, you should have a firm foundation in Scripture. You should have a solid hold on the Word of God. You should be sound in mind and in doctrine. You should know the Bible before you ever attempt to study these non-biblical texts and especially studying occult text. A lot of times I have to read occult books and documents, Masonic literature and uh, Satanic literature. Before I read any of these things, I make sure that I have my armor on and I pray over these things. I even anoint them with oil and bind any spirits that are attached to these things because you can bet your bottom dollar that every single occult writing has a demonic spirit attached to it. Now, I don't recommend anybody, anybody, doing the things I do as far as reading um, Masonic, Luciferian, occultic uh, text and books, unless you are um, in the ministry that requires you to read these things like I am and like many others are, then you have no business even looking at them. Uh, I actually have read a lot of these things to be able to understand and have a knowledge of what they believe and be able to understand where somebody's coming from if I am witnessing to a witch or a warlock or a Freemason or any of these people who are in these occult systems, you know, I, uh, I, and, and also to be able to warn you guys about them because, friends, the falling away is 
taking place and is in full effect right now. It has been, um, you know, the Word of God, what we were reading earlier, said the mystery of iniquity is already alive in this world. Um, in Second Thessalonians, it says the mystery of, of iniquity is already at work. Um, but we're, I want to look at one more passage of Scripture. I, I, the main thing that I wanted to do today, this, this of course was just a special edition of the program to where I wanted to look at something that I thought was uh, fun to look at. Uh, I don't know how many of you are like me, but me, myself, I like to uh, learn new things. I like to uh, be awakened to as much truth as possible. And um, when studying these things, when I found out that there was no way that Lucifer could be Satan, I, uh, man, I just thirsted for more. And I, but it's like that with the truth period. Once your eyes are opened, you can't close them again. Uh, me and my brother James Frazier were messaging back and forth last night about how exciting it is to live in the end times. Every generation from the time of Christ's death, uh, resurrection, and ascension, from the apostles forward, every generation has thought they were in the end times and wanted to be living in the last days. We actually are. And man, I, tell, I told James, I said, brother, I was born for such a time as this. And every time I see prophecy fulfilled in the headlines, man, it, it boosts my faith, number one. But number two, I get that much more excited because I know it won't be long before I see the one who died for me. The one who redeemed me when I thought I was irredeemable. When I was so low, so far down that I definitely did not deserve to be Forgiven, I did not deserve to be restored. But through the grace and mercy of the Almighty, I was forgiven. And I was brought into the body of Christ. And when 
I accepted Jesus Christ. I surrendered all to him. And and it is my desire, my prayer for all of you to just become on fire for God. To be on fire for the gospel. To spread the gospel with urgency. Friends, today is the day of salvation. We need to be out spreading the truth, preaching the gospel, winning souls as much as we possibly can. We all claim to love and follow Jesus Christ. Well, in order to be in the body of Christ, in order to love Jesus Christ and follow him the way we are supposed to, then we are supposed to love the same way that Jesus loved us. We're supposed to love our neighbor. Who is our neighbor? Our neighbor is our enemy. Our enemies are our neighbors as well as our friends and family and strangers. It is my prayer today that the body of Christ would just be become on fire with the spirit of Elijah in these last days. And to get ready and fight this war. We're in a war. We are in a war. The way we fight this war is not with swords and guns. It is with, well, it is with swords. We fight this war with this sword. And this sword is sharper than any other two-edged sword. And if we just use it to win others to Christ then we will be doing our part to win this war. Now, Jesus Christ has already won the victory. But we can help bring others into the victory. We shouldn't want to keep the victory all for ourselves. We should want to bring as many others into the winning side as possible. But we've been going for an hour, and before, before we end the program, I want to look at Revelation. Um, I hope that you guys have your Bibles with you, because I, I'm not going to put it back up on the screen right now. But I want to go to Revelation real quick, and 
I want to um, I want to look at the dragon. I said we were going to look at the serpent, the dragon, and Lucifer. Well, looking at Lucifer, I hope that you guys saw all of the scriptures that I read. I, I hope that you understood what I said. And I know, <laughs> I know and believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that Lucifer is not Satan. He is the first beast of Revelation. That is talking about uh, the seed of the serpent. That is, in my opinion, very easily seen. But if nothing else, it's definitely been proven that Lucifer is not Satan because Satan is a son of God. He's a B'nai I Elohim, a shining one, a seraph. But Lucifer, on the other hand, is the son of Shekhar. And you can't be the son of Shekhar and be Satan. It's not possible. And I want us to look at just two more passages. Um, that's Revelation 12. And also I want to look at Ezekiel real quick. And we're going to close the program out. Um, what is... That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, the uh, the chat the uh, passage in Isaiah where uh, it talks about Lucifer as the in some translations as the son of the morning star um the morning star like i said earlier uh is a planet it's the planet mercury and mercury of course was worshipped by the ancients as a god revelation 12 says and there appeared a great wonder in heaven a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pained to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his head. 
and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And you can't help but see the uh, same description here in Revelation 12 referring to the dragon. You cannot help but see that it is the same description that's given in Revelation 13 of the first beast, the Antichrist. And I'm not saying that uh, the first beast of Revelation 13 is the dragon. I'm just saying that we see in Revelation 12 talking about the the dragon and describing the dragon the same way the beast is with um, seven heads and ten crowns and so on and so forth. But um, I'm just saying that it... Uh, definitely is a striking resemblance. Um, I want to look really quick. That dragon we know is the devil. That dragon is Satan. Well, um, Revelation... is describing Revelation 12 is describing uh, the birth of Christ there um, the seed of the woman is ready to be born and the serpent himself wants to stop that I mean that's what we see that's what we've talked about that's what the entire narrative of the Bible is is after Genesis 3, after the curse and the prophecy is announced over and over and over again from that time on, we see Nakash, the serpent, trying to stop the fulfillment of it. And that is exactly what was going on in Revelation 12. Well, in Ezekiel 28... Um, Ezekiel 28 is, uh, the other, give me just a second. Trying to pull it up. 
Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel 28 says, uh, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus, Thus saith the Lord God, Because thine heart is lifted up, And thou hast said, I am God, I sit in the seat of God, In the midst of the seas, Yet thou art a man. It says, Thou art a man. And not God, though thou set thine heart as the heart of God, behold, thou art wiser than Daniel. There is no secret that they can hide from thee. With thy wisdom and thine understanding, thou hast gotten thee riches and hast gotten gold and silver into thy treasures. By thy great wisdom and by thy traffic hast thou increased thy riches and thine heart is lifted up because of thy riches. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, because thou hast set thine heart as the heart of God, behold, therefore I will bring strangers upon thee. The terrible of the nations, and they shall draw their swords against the beauty of thy wisdom, and they shall defile thy brightness. They shall bring thee down to the pit, and thou shalt die the deaths of them that are slain in the midst of the seas. Wilt thou yet say before him that slayeth thee, I am God? But thou shalt be a man and no God in the hand of him that slayeth thee. Thou shalt die the deaths of the uncircumcised by the hand of strangers. For I have spoken it, saith the Lord God. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up lamentation upon the king of Tyrus. See, it was talking about this prince, okay? This prince was a man. He was the ruler of Tyrus. But then God says to Ezekiel, Son of man, Take up lamentation upon the king of Tyrus. The king of Tyrus is the principality that stands behind the ruler. Take up lamentation upon the king of Tyrus and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. This is the proof text right here that proves that it's Ezekiel and not Isaiah that is talking about the devil, Satan. It says, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper. 
the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold, the workmanship of thy tabrets and thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. By the multitude of thy merchandise they have filled the midst of thee with violence and thou hast sinned. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of the fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee thy brightness, the shining one. I will cast thee to the ground, I will lay thee before the kings, that they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic, therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee, and it shall devour thee. And I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. All they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror, and never shalt thou be any more. Again the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Sidon and prophesy against it. And I'm not going to read any more there. Um, I do want to say that between Ezekiel and Isaiah, if either of those entities is indeed Satan, then it would have to be the entity talked about in Ezekiel. Now, I'm not convinced 100% that either one of them are. I know Lucifer is not, but I'm not convinced that Ezekiel is for, I mean, that the, the angel in Ezekiel is for various reasons that I don't have time to get into today. Maybe in a, a future episode, I will break that down for you. I'm sure that you probably heard, if you were listening, you probably heard some of the things that it said describing this uh, angel. One of the things being that it calls him a cherub. And the serpent is a seraph. He's part of the seraphim. And there, that does not disqualify this cherub in Ezekiel from being the devil because uh, there is 
a and, and of course I did get this from the Jewish sources, the Jewish text, the ancient text, but they um, are they weren't targums or the midrash or any of the texts that I sometimes use to understand the um, the Jewish outlook on certain things, Old Testament outlook. Uh, to a lot of times, I read these things to try and see the way the um, New Testament writer would um, what his worldview would be, the way that he would uh, view things and think about things. And anyways, what I used to um, come to the conclusion I did about Lucifer, I mean, uh, excuse me, about this angel, this fallen angel in Ezekiel, I got it from um, the Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, writings and fragments in the Dead Sea Scrolls that describes Satan as both a cherubim or a cherub and a seraph. It describes him as both. It also describes um, the archangel Michael as both a cherub and a seraph. Um, a lot of us believe that archangel is a class of angel by itself, and it very well may be. I'm not. I'm not saying that it's not. I'm just saying that. Um, and I'm not saying that all of the archangels are both cherubim or both cherub and seraph because I haven't found any writings on any other um, angels that are called both seraph and cherub except for uh, the devil or Satan and Michael. Those are the only two that I've found any writings on that calls them um, both cherub and seraph. Um, I, uh, I've really enjoyed doing the research that I have done for this particular program. Uh, I threw it together fairly quickly um, the program itself I decided to do it at the last minute um, I actually decided to do it yesterday morning and announced it last night on the program uh, the research however you know I've been doing the research over the past year uh, maybe a little longer um, is how long I've been researching uh, the identity of the serpent and the dragon 
and of course I found that they are one and the same and they, that is the devil um, but I also was researching Lucifer to find out if Lucifer and the dragon or serpent whichever one you want to refer to him as if they were the same and he is not the same um you know i hope i've proven that today if by nothing else because uh satan is a son of god the devil is one of the sons of god and lucifer is obviously not it says it right in the the text in both uh Hebrew and in English. The Hebrew calls him the son of Shahar or Shakar. The uh, English calls him the son of the morning. And uh, you cannot be the son of the son of God, the most high. And also be the son of a little G-God, a false God.